Hi there, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hey everybody, welcome to The Talking Dead for this week. This is episode number 13. We are chugging right along with episode 13. Thanks for joining us. We've got lots more talking, uh, Walking Dead news to cover this week, as it seems like there's always more and more stuff coming. Jason, how are you? I'm doing good. Good. Thanks. Welcome back. It's damn hot here where damn we live. Damn friggin' hot. It's nice that we record in a dank, dark basement. Dungeon. In a dungeon that's cool. Cool. <laughs> Nice dungeon. Compared to the rest of the city right now. Uh, I hope when the zombie apocalypse uh, does, in fact, happen, it's yes. not this hot all the time. Because it would make running from zombies really, really uncomfortable. Winter's good. Well, no. Zombies freeze. Winter's good they for... stop th- moving. It's for that, good for that reason. But not a lot of food or vegetation grows in the winter. So we have that problem. That's true. So anyways... Nice temperate day, <laughs> low humidity would be perfect. Exactly. Got yourself a crowbar and a chainsaw... <laughs> And you're off to the races. And a lightsaber. That's what you need. (laughs) If only, eh? If only. Um, So it's 33 degrees Celsius here. Apparently it feels like 43 degrees. Uh, What's that in Fahrenheit for our American friends? Friggin' hot. Yeah, well over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, I believe. And uh, if anybody out there thinks that it never gets hot, Canada, well, I am begged to differ. Too bad. All right, let's get right into the, the Walking Dead news for this week. Uh, we're first going to do our casting update, because that's typically what we do. There's a few more bits of casting information to bring you. Last week, we, we reported that Emma Bell has been cast, um, and I think we speculated who she was going to play. And according to the IMDb now, she is, in fact, playing Amy. Great. <laughs> there you go. We were right about that, right? I believe that's what we said. Right, yeah. right, right. Amy. Um, also cast, Adrian Callie Turner as Dwayne. Oh, good. The uh, young boy that's the son of... Um, Morgan. Morgan, that Rick first meets when he when he realizes that something bad has happened. Living in his neighbor's house. <clears throat> That's right. Um, also, a new character named Jackie, played by Gerald Prescott. Jackie. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about this character, of course. It's a new one. Um, IMDb lists her as being in episode two. So that, to me, means after Rick arrives at the camp in Atlanta where he meets up with his wife and son. Yeah, she's probably part of the uh, menagerie that's kicking around there. Yeah, part of the, the group of survivors. For, for whatever reason, they've injected somebody new in there. For, you know, Frank Daramont, I assume, feels that there's a hole that needed to be filled. I wonder if she'll be wearing a red shirt. <clears throat> <laughs> you, you never know. I, I I wonder. You know, will they be that obvious to cast a character with a red shirt on? That's a little campy for uh, what I'm hoping this show will be. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But you never know. I mean, could be a good uh, good. You know, maybe wink, once wink to the fans. Yeah, yeah, maybe once at some point somebody be wearing a red shirt and they'll die. But I don't think it'll be a a regular occurrence. Yeah, probably not. Um, and Melissa Suzanne McBride cast as Carol, and according to the IMDb, she is in episode number three. Well, I'm glad there's going to be an episode number three. I'm happy about all six, really. Yeah, there's going to be six, as, as we know, of course. Um, a quick, uh, so that's it for casting. Not a lot new there. Um, really no actors that I know anything of. 
um, which has been the case for almost everybody in this show. They're going with relative unknowns. Even Andrew Lincoln playing Rick is is an unknown for the most part. I'm not even familiar (laughs) with the name Gerald. I don't believe I've ever seen that before. Gerald. Carol. It says Gerald on your notes. No, C-A-R-O-L. I've got a Gerald Prescott as Jackie. Oh, oh, that Gerald Prescott as Jackie. I thought you meant Melissa Suzanne McBride as Carol. No, no, <laughs> the one before that, Gerald. Yes, sorry. Uh, I've, I don't believe I've ever seen that name before. It's interesting. It's a different one, but what are you going to do? Some people have unique names, like Krunsky. <laughs> Say that again, Krunsky. Okay, <laughs> that's it's a good what name. I, that's what I thought you said. <laughs> um, now, a quick directing note. We already know that Frank Darabont was only directing the pilot, uh, or at least directing the pilot, but not all of them. We have another director who is on board to do some of the episodes. And again, at least one, I believe. This person's name is Michelle Maxwell McLaren. McLaren, eh? McLaren. And this is sort of interesting because Michelle has directed, according to the IMDb, where I get all my information... Uh, four, I think, four episodes of Breaking Bad, another show Ooh. on AMC. So they know her well. They know her well. They're they're staying within the family, so to speak, That's AMC okay. is. And, you know, ba- Breaking Bad is one of my favorite shows on TV, if not my favorite right now. It's much enjoyed in my household right now. Jenny started watching it. Oh, good. Yeah, we got through the first four episodes. I've seen the whole first season, but uh, watching the first four episodes with her. Good. Has she seen the bathtub dissolving That's scene That's in the yet? second episode. That, uh, yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad she got through that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastic show, and um, Michelle Maxwell McLaren has directed four episodes of it. She's also, back in the day, did an episode of The X-Files. So oh, really? She's, she's got some uh, you know, familiarity with, uh, with this, kind of, this kind of show, I think. I think Breaking Bad and The X-Files... Both have similar elements to what I'm hoping The Walking Dead will. Ah, yes. You know, interesting characters uh, and lots of mystery and intrigue. Yes. There you go. And quality shows as well. Basically quality shows, Well, it depends on how uh, late in the series of The X-Files. Well, yeah, things things changed in that show, right? Yeah. Um, But I watched it right to the end, I'll tell you. I watched most of it. Um... Up your alley, did she watch? Uh, did you ever watch Law and Order Special Victims Unit? Oh yeah, she did one episode of that too. Oh, good for her. So there you go. Which one? I've seen them all. It's, <laughs> I don't know. They don't give a, they don't give a title. I don't think. Well, I've seen that one. Yeah, that's good. Whichever one it is, I've probably seen it. All right. If you are interested in titles, she did Breaking Bad episodes, Abiquiu. That was in se- the most recent season. One minute, IFT, and four days out. I don't know if you've seen any of those because no, they're all, all 2009 and 2010. Yeah, it's all second season. I haven't seen them. All more recent. <clears throat> so there you go. That is your directing update. So now we know who's writing most of it. We know that Kirkman himself is writing episode four, and we've got two of the directors. I wouldn't be surprised if we get two, maybe three more directors, assuming someone's going to do at least a couple of episodes. Right. <clears throat> all right. Um, Robert Kirkman did an interview in USA Today. A couple of interesting notes uh, from that are that he's having fun uh, seeing some of the old characters that he hasn't that haven't been in the book in a long time. Spoiler alert. <clears throat> well, sure, <laughs> uh, but you know, even if you're unfamiliar with the comic, I think it's safe for you to assume that there are going to be a lot of characters who don't necessarily make it that far. Well, the show is about the undead taking over the world, trying to eat 
the living. That's so right. you, you know that death is going to happen in this show. Well, really, it'd be a crappy show if everybody lived all the time. What would be the point, really, right? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, Kirkman said he's having fun sort of revisiting some of these characters, some that, some that he hasn't seen in a really long time. Yeah. Um, and I think another point he made, although I didn't uh, write it down, is that he he appreciates the fact that Darabont might be doing something a little bit different with the characters. And in most cases, he thinks it's an improvement, you know. He was writing The Walking Dead uh, many years ago when it was starting out, and I think any writer, given the chance to revisit some of their previous work, might approach things differently. Yeah, have a fresh perspective on the whole thing. Must be uh, for sure. Must be nice. And and you know, I say that with the sort of caveat that it's not always the best interests of the material for the writer to go back and do that because as time goes on, you change as a person, you change as a writer, and you have a uh, a, a, an important relationship with the characters that you've created, and it's not always a good thing to go back and screw around with them too much. Well, not always, and I, I can think of a, a case in points very specifically. Well, it's a syndrome known as George Lucas syndrome. Yeah, George Lucas did <laughs> uh, did exactly that, and it, no, it's not always a good thing, and uh, a lot of times you should just leave it alone. Yeah. Leave it alone, and everything's better, but sometimes uh, it does work out. Where an author will come back and, and rewrite old stories. Like Orson Scott Card uh, wrote the, the Ender series, right? And then he went back. He's gone back and rewritten that first book like six different ways from Sunday. He, uh, you know, Ender's Game, he's written it from Ender's perspective, from Andrew's perspective, from uh, was it Bean's perspective, uh, all over the place. And it's, it's all compelling, very good storytelling uh, great to see it from a different perspective. He uh, gives you a whole different slant on the story, but it's it's revisiting the same characters over and over. That's an interesting example. I didn't realize that he'd written it that many different times. I knew there was Bean's perspective. Yeah. I thought there was just the two, though, the original and the one extra perspective. I, but He also did Andrew, which is uh, Ender's brother, right. uh, who wasn't actually in battle school, but he was on the planet yeah. becoming the, uh, the king of the planet. I remember. Uh, at that same time. That's a, that's sort of that's a a great book. I remember reading it for the first time. And I'm confused about all the different books that are out there now because they kind of overlap and retell different stories. But, I have to sort it out. But there's sequels too to it, right? That are actual sequels and not retellings. Yes, the original yeah. ones were Ender's Game, Ender's Oh the Shadow Shadow of the, Shadow of the Hege- Hegemon. Yeah, and uh, the third one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've only read the first one, um, but it sounds very, like very very good. Book. Maybe we should do an Ender's Game Fantastic podcast. Book. If they ever make that into a movie, that'll they be They are a... making it into a movie. Oh, but it's been coming for so long. That's because Orson Scott Card said, I'm not making this movie until the technology gets to a point where I feel like they can do it justice. And I think he wanted Joss Whedon to be involved. Uh, even better. Which, yeah, I can't complain but about that. Make it so. Make it so. Um, back to the Robert Kirkman interview in USA Today. He joked that he wanted to see 27 years of this show. That's probably too many. He, pro- he wanted to <laughs> blow past MASH, pla- past The Simpsons, and just keep this thing going yeah you think that's too many i don't know depends on how many sharks they need to jump (laughs) uh you know i obviously he was kidding about that you know he's jumped from a a guaranteed six episodes to 27 (laughs) years yeah that's Um, a lot oh that would be more than any show well not any show ever because things like coronation street and some soap operas going on forever but look at the price is right for crying out loud well those are different (laughs) i I barely even consider those watchable tv um if i could 
give you what I would like to see. Um, and again, obviously, we haven't seen the show yet. We don't know anything about it other than who's going to be in it and sort of the news that we talk about here. Um, you know, I would I would love five, six seasons, maybe more of this thing. That could be good. About the length of Battlestar Galactica <clears throat> is what I'm looking for. That wasn't as long as you think, unfortunately. Battlestar Galactica was four years, right? That's fine. With Four years is good. Ridiculously long breaks in between. It was ridiculously long breaks. But look at uh, Lost. What, Lost is what, six seasons? But uh, the last three were shortened? Yes. Uh, I think, you know, boiled down, that's what, five seasons total? Four and a half of materials or so, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, four and a half, four to five seasons, I think, is about the perfect length for a good, solid television show. Any longer than that, and you start, uh, you start seriously running the risk of jumping the shark. Yeah. Um, unless you somehow can, well... They do have the option of being able to completely change the cast in a plausible manner. In this, in, in this case, it's, they have the unique opportunity to do that, right? Yeah. They can kill off Rick Grimes, the main character, and start fresh with something else, but, and it can still be The Walking Dead. Yeah. That's what Law & Order did. I mean, it's been on the air for 20 years, almost as long as The Simpsons. They just keep rolling over the cast. Yeah. There's no reason not to uh, change detectives, change uh, assistant district attorneys, change everybody. They've well, done that a bunch of times. Sure. Well, people retire. They come and go in that scenario. Jerry Orbach dies. In this scenario, people die. And, I mean, think about how, how interesting it would be and almost risky from a TV perspective to kill off Carl's parents, but to have Carl continue on with a new group of survivors growing up. You know, in 10 years, he'll be an adult yeah. virtually. Um, maybe even sooner. That's but... hard to do on TV. Oh, that's what I mean. It's it's nearly. I don't know if it's ever been done. Well, you'd have to you'd have to have almost zero breaks in between the seasons. You'd have to you know run from October to May and then come back in October consistently. Yeah, and, that's, I... and not very many series do that when they have long runs like that. Right. I'm talking more of a from a character's perspective rather than a same actor perspective. Right. I mean, they could technically change the actor too, which would be even more difficult for the audience sometimes but um if you approach it like there's a a three-year break you know between season x and the next one um you can you can recast it as an older character or keep the same one because he's you know aged that much right you just have life. to have the show uh jump ahead in time an appropriate amount of time in, into the future yeah exactly i like the way doctor who does it <laughs> regenerate the doctor. Regenerate. That's they did that because the actor either died or quit. I think the first one quit. He said, "I'm done." I'm like, "What the hell are we going to do? The doctor is is going to go." Yeah, I know. We'll just write it into the mythos of the whole friggin' show. He has to regenerate every once in a while. And look at Doctor Who. It's been going for well many 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 years. Yeah, they Long. can completely change the character. Everything still go. Yeah, well, there you go. I think The Walking Dead is an interesting opportunity to do that. We're getting ahead of ourselves here a little bit, of course, but... We are. Um, you Star know. Trek could have done that, too. Sure. Uh, my friend Derek, who we've had on the show, uh, no, not this show, but another show, uh, he had an idea for a Star Trek series that was perfect. Star, uh, Star Trek uh, universe. It was just uh, one-off shots of different aspects of the Star Trek universe. You didn't have to hire the same actors twice. You just have a little, you know, sort of like uh, Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. it, was just, it was one premise of a show, but each time the show had different actors, what have you. So he had that idea. I think that's all a brilliant idea, but they'll never do it because Star Trek is dead. Ah, uh, Star Trek's coming back. I don't know. You I know think what? they had a good kick at the can there, but I'm not sure they'll make another one. No, they're making another Star Trek right now with the new cast. Oh, well, um, then I'll just eat my hat. You know who's writing it? Uh, Bill Bixby. 
No, Carlton Cuse, the the lost showrunner. No, maybe Damon, the other guy. Damon Lindelof and or Carlton Cuse is writing it. They're one two-headed entity anyway. Yeah, I think they probably are. Uh, All right, right. back to the undead. Back to the undead. Finally, Kirkman said in USA Today that he has been asked or, or pressured by the production and the producers, but he does not want to do a zombie cameo in the show. Good for him. I think I'm okay with that, yeah. yeah. As, as sort of funny as that would be, I mean, we'd have to... He'd be unrecognizable, probably. Yeah. And, you know, the... the um, in Battlestar, speaking of it, the last episode when, what's his name, did a cameo right at the end? That was kind of dumb. I don't remember that. Yeah, you do. What's the name of the guy that did that created the new Battlestar Galactica? Ron E. Moore? Um, Ron Moore? I don't know. Don Moore? Whatever. He was in the final, final scene. Oh, was he? When the spirits of Baltar and number six were standing in modern-day New York. Yeah. And he was standing there reading a paper. Oh, I didn't know behind that. Them. I oh. know. How come I never knew that? I don't know. He. It was kind of stupid, though. He might have even had a line or two. So I don't want to see Kirkman in The Walking Dead. He's a great guy, I'm sure, but he needs to be doing other stuff. Yeah. Right? I would agree. I don't think uh, I don't think we need him to have to be in that show at all. Okay. I would need on. him behind the camera writing stuff and creating the characters and all that kind of good Making crap. it awesome. We don't need need him sitting for six hours in a trailer putting on makeup. No, we don't. Um next item of news. Last week, uh I believe we reported that Fox International has bought up the rights for international broadcast we of did. this show. We now know that FX Channel in the UK will broadcast the show in England. There's a couple of interesting points here. Um, It's going to premiere in October, headlining FX's fall lineup, and supported by a, quote, heavyweight marketing campaign. The interesting thing there is it's going to premiere at the same time as in the United States and hopefully Canada. (laughs) And hopefully. For for our sake. (laughs) Um, That is great. So if it premieres around the world at the same time, that's awesome. And any heavyweight marketing campaign is uh, welcome. Absolutely welcome. Apparently, according to marketingweek.co.uk, where I got this article, the pilot will broadcast in front of the season three premiere of True Blood. Hmm. That can only help it. Yes. Right? I mean, you're going to get people with the TV on, waiting for True Blood to come on, The Walking right Dead to come on. behind it would be better, but in front is still pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure which would be better. I mean, after it, People are done, they go off, they switch channels, they, they already have something else, maybe. They do not switch channels. They that's where they, they well the ideal thing would be between True Blood and Mad Men. <clears throat> if they could swing such a yeah. fantastic deal. <laughs> right in there. <laughs> right in there. So you play True Blood and then you have your uh your Walking Dead and then your Mad Men and then people will be uh, tuned in through that whole uh the whole sandwich. That's that's a guaranteed success right that's there. That's awesome sandwich is what that is. That's an awesome T V sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> but I think ahead of True Blood is probably a pretty good position. Oh, it's no a great what. spot. It's a fantastic spot. Um, we should talk sometime about how True Blood Season 3 is going, because I have some thoughts on that. I just watched uh, the first two episodes. Yeah, first one was great. Second one, eh. Oh, well, there, we're <laughs> done. That's all we I can say about it. it. All right. Okay, coming up at the end of this month in San Diego is the annual San Diego Comic-Con. Mm. <clears throat> it is a large gathering of nerds to talk about movies and TV shows that they are inclined to like. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't say that with any malice, because I would love to be there myself, yes. frankly. If um, only we could be counted amongst those nerds. Unfortunately, is kind of far away and expensive and busy, 
But uh, one hot. of these, and <laughs> I bet you it's hotter here today than it is in San Diego. <laughs> um, but one of these years, I would like to go very, very much so. Mm-hmm. This year, The Walking Dead is going to have a fairly large presence at Comic-Con, and we will, of course, cover it to the best of our ability from this dank basement in Toronto. Yes. Um, Which is not that hard, really. I mean, we have the internet. The internet knows everything about Comic-Con. That's why they invented the internet, for nerds to talk about movies. That's right. (laughs) And uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Um, So, we have a poster for... Uh, for the show that is advertising the panel discussion. It's going to be on July 23rd, and it will feature an exclusive preview from the show. Now, I would love to be able to get a look at that somehow, but I don't expect them to release that footage online because these sorts of things rarely do. So, everybody out there, if you are at the Comic-Con and you are attending the uh, Walking Dead panel... We would love to have you on the show to do a report right after it. And let us know what your tweet, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter name is, because we will retweet you for sure. Oh, well, I'll retweet you like mad if, yes. you're, if you're tweeting from that place. So um, I'm going to make sure that I am well aware of the date and time. Like I said, it's July 23rd. The poster may have had the time on it. I'm not sure, but I'm going to try and figure that out. So I am aware of when it's going on and following things if I can. But if you're going to be there, we would love to have you on to talk to us about it, or at the very least, send us your thoughts and we'll, uh, we'll relay them here on the show. Um, I don't know what day of the week that is, but Comic-Con's like from a Thursday to Sunday or something. Is it over a weekend like the that? The 23rd. Let's have a look here at the old calendar. <clears throat> the 23rd is a Friday. Okay, so it's a Friday. We typically record on a Monday. Maybe we could make uh, make an exception that week and do a, a podcast over that weekend to try and get the relevant info out. I think we could probably swing that. Excellent news. I'm looking at the poster here, and uh, I always get confused by posters like this because the poster is a picture of a door that says, Don't open, dead inside, but I don't read it that way. Dead inside, open, don't. Don't, dead, open, inside. Yeah, I, I know. I'm I'm a bit of a typography nerd when it comes to that when i'm walking around my neighborhood and there are homemade signs up on posts for you know raccoon removal services often they say raccoon services removal now or something like that you know that's good but if you look at the poster and i'm sure i'll show you a picture of the poster really it's kind of set up in a kind of two columns very much like a comic book there is a separator there so maybe true comic book book nerds that spend a lot of time reading comic books and know about the way that bubbles are written on comic books would read that correctly, whereas I only read a select few comic books, and sometimes I struggle with those speech bubbles and which order they go in. I think maybe I have that problem with this poster, whereas most comic book nerds will not have that problem. We've used the term nerd a lot in the last five minutes or so. Uh, Certainly don't take that the wrong way because... Oh, I'm a nerd? We fit into that category, definitely. Yes. Um, It could be that. Apparently, there are people out there that can't read comics because they can't follow the panels. It's some kind of uh, 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 brain disorder. I don't don't want to insult anyone, of course. Comic (laughs) book-itis? Yes, itis of the comic book. (laughs) Um, But apparently, there's just people that can't read comics or graphic novels. I have a hard time with uh, non-block letter text. Any sign that has script in it, my brain can't read it. That's I have to I have to make a, a <laughs> this is how big a nerd I, I am. I have to make a willpower check just to read the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nerdy. <laughs> but that's the way I think of it. 
is I, yeah, I can't read script. I, I really, it needs to be block letters. Uh, this is why this uh, don't open dead inside is good because it's nice big block letters. They're just in the wrong order for my brain. All right. Well, I'll make sure to write the next um, email for next week's uh, podcast notes in a script font for you. Yeah, I won't read it. That'd be hilarious. I'll just look at it as a whole bunch of squiggly lines and I'll come in and say, okay, what are we talking about? <laughs> um, also at San Diego Comic-Con, issue number 75 of the comic will have an exclusive cover only available at the con, limited to 3,000 copies. Man, oh man, that would be nice to have. If anybody wants to pick up a copy and bring it to me, or email it, email it, or mail it via the old-fashioned mail system, that'd be great. I don't actually expect that to happen, so I'm not going to give out an address. No, neither do I, but if you would like to do that, boy, you, you'd be our hero. And, and again, we'd love to have you on to talk about your experience there, so that would be super awesome. I kind of don't want it. Why? Because, uh, you know, acquiring it without actually being there, you kind of lose street cred. Is it cheating? It's cheating. I mean, yeah. yes, I got it, but somebody brought it for me. You know, yes, I got it because I was there is so much better. You know what, though? Uh, it's true. I mean, if you've got the 1969 Led Zeppelin t-shirt, it's much cooler to have gotten it at the show. Yes. Now, that said, I wouldn't mind having a copy. And and we would be at the con if we could, right? We would. And I would absolutely get a copy and I'd bring it home in a vacuum-sealed vault. <laughs> and put it in your safe. And put it in my, <laughs> put it in my archives. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, so that's it for comic con news. Sounds like there's going to be a, a nice big walking dead presence there. If the show continues on past the six episodes that we have and we get more seasons, I'm going to assume that there will be continued walking dead, um, support or stuff at comic con thingies thingies. So future years, if that happens and this podcast is semi successful and still going at the time, which is our intention, I'm going down. Yeah, we got to make a concerted effort to get our uh, butts down there. Going down, for sure. San Diego's a great city. I've been there once. It was really fun. We'll go spend some time in an aircraft carrier. That was the highlight of the trip. Okay. Um, On Location Vacations is a site we have reported on before. Apparently, they uh, are sort of a database of where film and TV are shooting so that you can go there and check it out. You can take an on-location vacation. It's a great name. Um, we have some new spy photos from the set of The Walking Dead, and it depicts a scene right out of the comic book. Rick and Glenn are in uh, Ad- Atlanta, and they're trying to get out, and so they use the Shaun of the Dead tactic to of smearing themselves in blood and gore so they smell like one of The Walking Dead and can therefore move amongst them somewhat undetected. I don't know if that would actually work, but... Zombies are theoretical, so why not? Well, in... uh, Theoretical. Come on, man. (laughs) In this universe, zombies identify other... uh, The living by smell. Um, And it was the same... Well, it wasn't exactly the same as Shaun of the Dead, if I remember. Shaun of the Dead didn't use smell. They used motion. So they walked like zombies. In that case, I guess zombies were identifying the living by sight. Right. I guess. Well, they did that in the comic book. Right. They did it in the book. That's what I was saying. It's it's a scene directly out of the book. So um, I think it looked pretty cool. There was a shot of, of Rick walking along with a hatchet in his hand all covered in blood, and he looked awesome. That must smell really bad. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. Rotting flesh does tend to smell bad. Yes. So when you, you know, roll around in it for a while, it's ick. gross. Ick, ick, ick. Yeah, that's gross. 
Um, so that was fun. Uh, it sounded, it, from what I can tell from those shots, it looks like filming is going well. I mean, as much as you can tell from those, and uh, and they're shooting scenes right out of the right out of the book, That's which is awesome. awesome. Um. Okay, Dispatches from the Set. This is from the AMC TV Walking Dead blog, an interview with special effects makeup designer Greg Nicotero. A couple of interesting points here is that apparently he and Frank Darabont have been friends for years, and they've been talking about doing a zombie something or other for three-plus years, which is cool. It wasn't really clear in the interview if they'd been talking about doing The Walking Dead for this long or just doing a zombie project. It's probably just kind of theoretical, you know, how would you make up a zombie if you were to make up a zombie? Yeah, what would they do kind of uh, special or how would they make it their own, right? Because zombies are rather popular these days. Yeah. So that's cool. That's exciting that they've been thinking about it for a long time. And the main point that I took from that interview is just it sounds like there's a great amount of care being put into the creation of the zombies and the creation of the TV version of this world in general. That's such a good sign. They've really, really thought about it. They've really come up with, um, you know, their own canon of, of you know, things that... M- make up this world, right? The nice thing is rarely do they spend so much time on uh, the special effects and the atmosphere and the look of a uh, a project without spending that kind of care on the script and the acting and the directing, which means this is a very good sign about the quality of the overall project because mm-hmm. you never go to the lengths to do this kind of thing. It's usually you know, have a crappy actor and a sort of a good script, but really skimp on the special effects and the, uh, the computer generated effects. Cause yeah. it's all cheap crap. Jenny and I watched, uh, Oh my God, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, Olympians. the light, the lightning thief longest title in the history of stupid movies. Oh my God. Even the opening scene was so laughably bad. Like just Poseidon walking out of the ocean in New York Harbor is just like, Oh my God, this is going to suck so hard. And it really, really did. <laughs> did you get all the way through the movie? Yeah. It took us two days. We finished, the, finished mm. it uh, during dinner this evening. That's amazing. Oh, such a horrid piece of crap. <laughs> anyway, just as a, just that special effects and uh, that computer-generated effects scene at the, at the beginning of this movie set the tone for the whole thing. And you can use that as a reliable benchmark for the quality of a production. So this uh, gives me a great amount of hope and excitement. Yeah, well, they've, they've gone all out with this. They've got a, a great director. They've got a great writer. They've got great source material. And they've got a great effects guy. And the effects are a huge part of this. Yep. The zombies have to look good. They've got to be believable and just look gross, you know, yep. for lack of a better way to describe <laughs> it. Gross is good. <clears throat> gross is good. So that's exciting. That That's cool. It's a short interview. Head over to the Walking Dead blog on AMC TV to read all of it. Um, finally, two quick notes. The Walking Dead has been nominated for an Eisner Award for Best Ongoing Series. That's the comic book the Oscars. Comic book. Yeah, the comic book Oscars. To be quite honest, I had never heard of them before I came across this article. Me neither. But good to know that it's getting the recognition that it deserves. For all I know, it could have won this award every year running now. <laughs> for science fiction, uh, sure. a similar award is the Hugo Award, which a lot of people joke is the award for writing a science fiction novel. <laughs> it seems that a lot of people win a Hugo Award. Yeah. If you write one, you get one. <laughs> That's right. It, do you know anything about the Hugo Awards? Do they break them out into categories? I, Best? I know nothing about that except for the quip. And I think it was uh, uh, Orson Scott Card that said that in a preface of one of his Ender books. 
Oh, okay. Because he not? won a Hugo for Ender's Game. Oh, that deserves it. Come on, that's amazing. It deserves everything. It sure does. Every award, uh, it didn't even win because they didn't exist. It still deserves them. Finally, uh, one last note that's not on the notes sheet here, Jason, is that the um, Walking Dead is available on iPhone. You can get the first issue of The Walking Dead as an app nice. for free. I downloaded it, and I was reading it, and it's really quite cool. It's powered by the Comixology app, okay. which you may have on your iPad. I may have it. Uh, on the iPhone, it's called Comics X by Comixology. Now, that is the app that allows you to buy comics on your phone or your iPad, right? Uh, which is cool. I downloaded that, too, and you can get most of The Walking Dead on your, on your phone. Um, but just as a note, the, the first episode, the first issue is available for free in its own separate app. So that's kind of cool too. And I really, really enjoyed reading it even on the phone, the way it navigated between panels, I thought was really, really well done. I'm, uh, typing in my password right now for downloading this. Excellent. Okay. Um, this was brought to my attention by a commenter on our website and I'm a boob because I don't remember who exactly it was. I don't know if I can pull it up here. Uh, yeah, here it is. It's a comment on our last episode, number 12. Um, oh, boy. By Koa Nguyen. I apologize if that is a horrible pronunciation of your name uh, on, the, on the comment. But um, this person uh, made me aware of it. So I downloaded everything, and uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm almost done. Install. Oh, done. I'm clicking it. There you go. You can read it right now. Comics X by Comicsology. It's exciting. Read. So you can buy Walking Dead in there or search for The Walking Dead. You'll get uh, the iPhone app for the first one. So if you're just starting out with The Walking Dead comic, that'd be great. Read it on your on your phone, iPhone, and or iPad if you so desire. Yeah, this is the same kind of uh, panel-to-panel movement that the, uh, the Marvel app on the iPad uses. Yeah. It's really nice. Oh, it's this nice. Is fun. I believe the Marvel app on the iPad is powered by Comixology as well. That's oh, there why you it's go. the same thing. So, um, not, and in the app you got you have right now, you can get all, all kinds of comics from all sorts of different publishers as well. Excuse me. Um, lots of uh, lots of the other image books are there, like Invincible, which is another one that I read on occasion, and uh, just anything you can think of. So, if you're into comics and you like to read them digitally, everybody check those out. Jason. Yes. I think that's going to do it for this issue of The Talking Dead. Good, because I'm oh. reading uh, The Walking Dead here on my iPhone. I don't know what it is. I, whenever I want to say episode, I say issue. And whenever I want to say issue, I say episode. issue so. Yeah, I should just come up with one word that means both. Well, issue issue so Or or maybe, maybe there's already a word that applies to both. I, I don't know. Think about that for a minute. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. This has been episode 13 of The Talking Dead. My name is Chris, and that is Jason. If you want to send your feedback, that would be much appreciated. You can email us at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash fearhurst. That's F-E-A-R-H-U-R-S-T. You can also follow, follow Jason at Jason Miles on Twitter. Yes. All one word. Doesn't matter how you capitalize it no it doesn't twitter is case insensitive um dave couldn't join us on the program this week he was on the last couple but if you'd like to see what uh he's doing you can get him at twitter.com slash r-e-n-e-r-d that's re-nerd yeah he couldn't join us because of uh lack of skype technology yeah we, our current setup we we had to change things around and unfortunately couldn't get him on 
Also, if you want to call the Talking Dead voicemail line, you can do so at 206-202-1568. Please call us. 1568. Yep, 1568. That was a good year. Was it? I don't know. That was right around the time that they had to skip uh, September and October. We should look up the year 1568, find something interesting that happened, and then name the voicemail line after that event. Okay. How about that, okay? For next week. All right. Call us there. Leave your leave your feedback, your voicemails, your questions, whatever you want. Um, that would be fantastic. We love getting those. And like I say every week, we don't get a lot yet. So if you leave a message that is you know of any relevance, there's a really good chance I'll play it on the show. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back next time with episode 14. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.